Diablo 4 has arrived. As the forces of hell gather, only you can stand in their way. Journey across the expansive, open world of Sanctuary. Choose from five powerful classes, then progress them to fit your playstyle. Adventure with your friends in up to four-player co-op with cross-play and cross-progression on all platforms. Welcome to hell. Diablo 4, available now. Rated M for Mature. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Hey guys, welcome back to Skincare Anarchy. I am so excited to share this brand new series with you. Um, I have been dying to bring this to all of you for a long time. Um, and since yesterday was the start of 2023's New York Fashion Week, I thought this was the ideal time to start the series called Fashion Fridays. So without further ado, I want to introduce you guys to the founders of this beautiful fully made in Italy uh, shoe line that I have been obsessed with since I saw them, Mundael, and the founders are Tabitha and Chandra. Welcome to the show, guys. I'm so honored to be hosting you, and thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to launch our brand new series with your feature. Thank, thank you. you. It's so nice to be it's here. It's so nice to be here. Thank you so much for having us on the show. We're very excited. Very, very Oh, excited. I'm very excited. I really am. I can't wait to dive in. And, um, you know, I really want to learn about you guys first before I ask all my crazy questions about, you know, like all the all the uh, details around fashion. But um, maybe, Tabitha, maybe you could get us started about um, how the brand really came to be and, like, you know, what the brand stands for. Like, what was your both of your visions, like, when you first embarked on this journey? Sure. So um, we started, Mundell has been our lifelong dream for, for a very long time, um, even though we started sort of officially started uh, the brand in the summer of 2019. Um, it's fashion is something that we've just always been uh, not only surrounded by uh, from a very young age, but it's it's sort of it was our lifestyle, basically. We're sisters. I think it's important to mention that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we grew up like with, yeah, basically our our parents, our mom is from Milan. Um, our father's from New York. So both those cities obviously are very prevalent. They have um, heavy fashion industries and we're just kind of always surrounded We've and always been exposed to it always been exposed but we also grew up in other countries around the world as well um so it was interesting just picking up on the various of course first and foremost cultures but also the, the trends um so yeah I love was, that no I'm glad that you mentioned that and that's really that's really cool I didn't know you guys were sisters so that's really cool um to have that and I agree with you I think uh definitely growing up in like this multi like in like an international background I've always associated that with fashion so that makes sense to me yeah, I think uh, for us, I mean, because we, it's not just that we have, you know, it, Italian heritage or descent, we literally, like, we, we currently live in Italy as well, um, but we've spent an equal amount of time in both the United States and Italy, so both cultures are very, like, ingrained um, in us, and basically, like, we, and they're both, Milan and New York are such international cities, and there's actually a lot of parallels between both, yes. <laughs> um, and so I think you're always kind of, you, you're always kind of the odd one out when you're in, <laughs> in one place in that you don't always, you, you can't, like, you know, just fit exactly into a box, and so that's very exciting because it kind of, makes you also there's always like a uniqueness and we kind of wanted to embrace this uniqueness and really um have it transpire in our brand 
Um, and hopefully, you know, we would love uh, through our brand and, and our, our designs to inspire, um, you know, other people to do the same as well. Absolutely. No, I think that's a beautiful, that's, that's really, a, you know, very beautifully said, you know, because I, I think that with fashion, for me, as just a consumer, and you know, I'm from my background is science, you know, so growing up, I wasn't very uh, fashion forward, you could say I was very uh, old lady like with my clothing. And I, I, but I loved the fashion magazines, you know, I loved the, I loved reading about fashion. I loved seeing it. I loved um, watching runway shows. And I, you know, it was something for me that I always associated with, um, I think like just a more like when you can really have a taste for really nice like nicely crafted like clothing or anything that is in the realm of fashion like it shows um precision and I really loved that aspect of it and so um I would love to learn about like you know for you guys um because you are um a shoe care line you know you you guys are more focused on this like you like I feel like this niche of fashion is very very um what do you call it specific you know the way that people look at shoes is not the same way that they look at clothing right so it's like um it's like an accessory but it's not most of the time it can become a centerpiece of your whole outfit so I really would love for you guys to speak on that and like how that played a role in your um overall like just design vision for the line you know did you want your products to be um the centerpiece or did you want them to be more um you know complementary in everyday aware absolutely I think that's a wonderful question for us and for our brand and everything we've tried to achieve because we create our shoes with the idea that they should be the centerpiece of an outfit um, they are sometimes colorful sometimes they're they're pretty elaborate in in terms of design and materials um, so we we love for them to sort of be the focus of the outfit and I think that a lot of times people are focused on the clothes but shoes are so important they're what carry you through the day um, they have to be they have to look uh, aesthetically pretty but they also have to be so comfortable which has sort of been as a consumer a struggle for me and for Chandra over the past uh, few years even luxury brands sometimes that look beautiful can sometimes uh, lose in in comfort so we're you know, really excited to bring sort of this element as well um, to, to the shoes. And um, we basically, anything? it's very important, like in our, some of the elements that we, that we use, um, there's, there's a lot of a kind of like a fusion, meaning that we, we do pick materials that, you know, kind of stand out. So you'll have maybe when I talk about fusion, like you might have a more classical design with a more modern looking material so that you fuse those two styles so that you have something that is kind of maybe edgy and contemporary, but can also withstand the test of time because it's finding that like health, healthy balance. Um, also something that could carry you from day to night. Um, that way, you know, we think about the um, professional, the businesswoman that maybe is at the office and then goes out for dinner or happy hour or whatever else, meeting with clients, and they don't have they don't time have necessarily. They don't have to change their shoes. Right. And look great and just. I mean, Sandra and I are city girls, and you know, we had um, our office jobs a few years ago, and I would have to go home and change my shoes before going to happy hour, and I don't think that it took time. And and I think if we could avoid that issue, we always optimizing make sure. how to like optimize and just make be very efficient, yeah. um, and not yeah. you know waste time that doesn't need to be wasted. And I I also I think that. Um, you know, it's, it's really in, it's important to mention that, um, 
some of the, so in terms of like, when I say that, you know, the materials are unusual, we kind of get inspiration from our surroundings, whether that be traveling or other places um, that we've lived in. And Tabitha talked about something very important, the fact that it has to be aesthetically pleasing, but also comfortable. We don't think people should suffer in their shoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They can be beautiful and you can, and they, and we, our hope is that people feel confident wearing them um, or, you know, that like you really own it. Cause I think that's what really makes a piece stand out is, is how you wear it. Um, and it was very important for us that although like, yeah, keeping that beauty and that high quality, but also having something that, you know, your feet aren't going to be in pain <laughs> at the yeah. end of the yeah. Um, I've been disappointed that's a priority as a for consumer us. over the past few years that I've been waiting maybe to purchase a dream shoe, what I considered a dream shoe. And then I, I bought it and I would wear it for two hours and then it sat in my closet forever. And that's the opposite of what we want our shoes to be. We want them to be extremely wearable. We want them to be shoes that can be used. Like Chandra said before, over time, we want longevity. We want people to invest in a piece that through the years they can still use. And also yeah. we, uh, on our, so let's say one of uh, one of our mottos which is you know all over our <laughs> social media and website is live in the memento obviously like live in the moment right we use the italian word momento um and cuz we really want to encourage people to 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 be in the moment i think sometimes we it, it, people are very like goal oriented nowadays and that's great and so you think about the future or sometimes you think about the past and what was, and that's that's fine. But sometimes we forget to enjoy the journey of the of the present. Um, and I think our idea is enjoy that moment when you're wearing the shoes. You know, yeah. really, really own it, and and you know, let the let it, let the journey be made easier. Um, Absolutely, no. I think, I think that that is, that is such an important point that you're making. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I love what you said, because I really believe like, you know, the, one of the biggest reasons I wanted to expand into fashion as a category and series that we really talk about here on Skincare Anarchy was because I always felt that fashion was this way to really kind of, um, you know, Take yourself on this self-exploration, right, of this idea of what do I like? You know, is it comfort? Is it chic? Is it what is it? And then also to learn through those styles about who you are as a person. You know, I know that in the generation of millennials, it played a huge role in who we became as just our personalities. You know, I remember growing up and seeing people, you know, and even now I think it still stands where people are talking about, you know, like what they like, or you see somebody wearing something and that tells you a little bit about them. Like, as in, you know, my point is fashion is a staple of your personality. You know, it's like a stamp that shows who you are. And I think that fashion brands, um, for many, many years, just to speak to you, both of your points is that they haven't really focused on the comfort because I think this idea of like making sure that we're making a statement about personality, about uniqueness, individuality, it's been so on the forefront of like, you know, high fashion that we've kind of lost this um, really, really key, uh, you know, aspect, which was always there. You know, if you look back into the 1800s, you look back into time, you see people used to have the same pair of shoes that they would take to the, you know, the 
cobbler and then have them redo them. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. It was about comfort. It was about, you know, there were a few staple items in their wardrobe that they really, really loved. And that, you know, not only were they things that they wore every day, but they were part of the personality. So this, this duality was present. You know what I mean? Always in fashion when I look at it. And I love that you guys like to see that in your brand um, when you were talking about how you didn't want to make another shoe line that was just not comfortable, you know, that you would just put in your closet because that's not, in my opinion, as a consumer, I'm not going to lie to me, that's not good. Like any kind of product, no product should be like that, whether it's fashion or not, you know, you should be able to, you should want to use it time and time again. And that, you know, like usability and that practicality of it is actually something that's, I think a bigger craft sometimes than even like design, because that's very hard to achieve, you know, when you can make something comfortable for somebody. Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree with you more. I think you're right. It's always been uh, that way. People would buy a few good quality pieces. Quality over quantity. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they would just, like you said, go and repair them because they love them so much. And it was hard to, to switch and find a replacement for that. And I definitely think that that's, uh, you know, what, what we would love to hear if down the years down the road, a customer came and told us that, you know, okay, now after years and years of wearing your shoes, I need to buy a new pair. We would be thrilled because I'm going to say, wear them, use them, love them. And I'm also a very visual person. So I, um, I personally associate uh, certain events of my life with with the shoes or the outfits I was wearing at the time, and I also hope that our shoes are able to do to do to do that to accompany someone in in a specific moment in their life or in a beautiful like um, a happy memory. Sort of like how people use music and specific songs. Um, That's a great tie comparison. them back to a certain memory yeah. or to a to an experience that they remember. I hope our shoes can do that for for our for people as well. I love that. And I love that you said that to be that because honestly, here's the thing. Like, I really believe that like, you know, I, I'm not gonna lie. I'm just gonna share this small story because I think this is so relevant to like this conversation in terms of longevity of what we're purchasing, especially when it comes to like, for example, shoes, because they are such an integral part of our daily life, right? It's this idea. And this story is really about my father. Um, my dad grew up in rural India and he used to tell me the story growing up. And I always loved it when he told me the story because it was so interesting to me that he did this. In rural India, as a lot of people might know, you know, through documentaries, or whatever, they don't have a lot of money, right? So they buy like one piece of clothing when they turn like into a teenager. So it's like a suit of some kind. And what they do is as they grow and they go through the system and they go through different, you know, education levels. So for him, he was, you know, always on scholarship, always on merit. So he was moving from, you know, high school to college to graduate school, blah, blah, blah. He said what he would do is go to his local tailor. And what his tailor would do is take that same, you know, the same cut, right? That looked good. It looked good on him. It was a cut. And he would just add fabric to it and elongate it and make it. But the cut was still there the same way. So it fit my father's body perfectly. And he loved that suit, you know, because I would ask him, like, Dad, didn't you feel sad that you only had this one suit and you were, you know, and he was like, no, you know why? Because that was the best fitting suit I've ever had in my life. And I love how he used to tell me that story because it really showed me that to be somebody who feels good in what they're wearing, to be somebody who feels like, I could go to a job interview wearing this. I mean, he did it. You know what I mean? And it was just a 
a suit that he had elongated, but it was a great tailor that he had. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, it was it was a really cool story. And so I I wanted to bring that forward because um, that was one of my big questions for you was that when you so the crafting process of each of your products, right, each of your um, the pieces in your collection. What is that like in terms of like, you know, um, how you go about, you know, just starting the process, um, the design from the design to the actual creation of the boots or the shoes. Um, what is that whole process like? If you guys could kind of walk us through that journey. Sure. So it's a, it's a long process, but it's a very fun process. Um, so the sort of, it starts with our initial ideas. Um, I'm usually the one who sketches, but I, Chandra and I have very long conversations about what, you know, kind of theme we want the collection to follow. Um, we do also draw inspiration from our past collection. So there's always some factor continuity. of continuity, mm-hmm. both in the design, but also in the materials. We're very big about, you know, re- reutilizing certain materials. So we come up with um, all these ideas and we, you know, we keep the ones we like the best, or maybe we, um, archive some for future collections that we think might work better. Um, we did start with boots. So we we did boots for uh, our first collection and then we did sandals as well as some um, sort of a spring summer boots for our second collection. Um, and soon we will be introducing pumps for our third collection. So we're always trying to- Slowly diversifying. Diversify in terms of the product we offer, but in, we start with our uh, sketches and then we have an amazing consulting group and they sort of um, talk about the- More technical aspects. Right, technical aspects of the shoe because you can have the best design in the world, but if technically it won't work, it can be a problem. Um, and or then practically also it won't work, you know, with the materials that we select or just as it, it won't withstand, withstand the test of time going back to well, the, give whole- me, give me an example of that Chandra, if you could tell us like, just like a quick example, just so the listeners know what you mean, like, yeah. So you- for example, um, especially with boots, there's a wheel wielding process. I believe, like, I'm not sure what like the- Like a welding, yeah. Well, yes, yeah. I apologize, because yeah. I'm not sure- <laughs> No, it's okay, it's okay. Sometimes things get lost in translation. No, no um, problem, yeah. But there's a welding process and certain materials, um, you know, don't really work as well when basically crafting and uh, making the shape of of the, the shoe. So particularly, like, certain designs, um, have to be cut like a certain a certain way, right? The materials have to be cut a certain way in order for the boot to basically reflect the design. And that doesn't always translate well with all materials. And so because we need something that's both functional and beautiful, like we will, you know, show up with our designs and say, okay, I don't know, we really liked that shimmery material, um, for example. And they might say, yes, that you know, is a beautiful material, but it works better on a sandal, for instance, where you have a smaller amount of, of material. So um, it can, you know, it's easier to like shape maybe on a strap, for example. Okay. So it's like the molding, the that. molding. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if I explained that, you know. No, and- you did. You did. I was actually curious. Because like I was thinking about leather, that's what it made me think of. Was like okay, a certain type of leather. Because I've had that 
problem. That's why I asked you that question was because I've had that problem with other uh, boots that I've had or like shoes I've had that are made of leather. Um, and this is just a general statement that I have always noticed that there's a difference in how it fits my foot. You know what I mean? Like in the way it like hugs your foot. So like the shaping of it. So that that was a va- actually <laughs> more for me. I wanted to understand what you meant more. So that's really cool. Well, yes, because it has to be, you know, cut depending on the shape of the boot um, and also the type of leather. Because, for example, if you're looking at something like suede and, you know, to be the correct me, um, if I'm wrong, but something like suede, for example, will adapt more easily to, it's to the foot. It's definitely softer. So it's softer, <laughs> yeah. um, whereas something like, you know, like a less, less soft type of leather a more traditional leather um, might take a little bit longer to break into. And mm. So that's kind of, these are all the, these are all the the things that we have to keep into consideration. Um, And also the, the process, because um, these shoes aren't, you know, there's high um, craftsmanship and artisanship that goes behind each pair. They're all made in Italy. Um, And especially our region has a long history. Lombardy Lombardy region. Yeah. Has a long history of making particularly designer shoes. Um, so a lot of the major, uh, maybe, I, I don't know if this is you know a well-known fact outside of Italy, but a lot of the big designer brands actually produce um, in, the, in Lombardy the Lombardy region, region mm-hmm. uh, the luxury shoes. So they have a tradition of making luxury shoes. So of course, that also means making uh, a less or lower number, I guess, like this is goes back to the whole quality versus quantity. Um, but every, the attention to detail is incredible. Like yeah. Yeah. matters, even if you're even just the choice of a simple accessory, whether it be a small stud or just hardware on a strap, for example, in the case of the sandals, everything, every detail is, you know, painstakingly reviewed and just before it can go into production. I mean, it's just beautiful though. You're, you're, oh my gosh, the shoes for everyone listening, like right now, you have to go check out this line, like right now, because it's just so beautiful. Like, uh, so for everyone listening, I just want to say it's moon, M-O-O-N-D-E- lle.com mundell and just like as we're talking follow along with looking at their products that they're yeah you're oh my gosh your shoes are absolutely stunning like it's literally like like i said in the beginning of the episode you know you can either have a statement shoe or you can have a shoe that's a it's a versatile shoe but very rarely do i see you know just from my perspective shoes that can work as both and i feel like you guys have really nailed that you know you've really come to a point where women who are like for example i think of like my own life and like you know uh day to day we were talking about earlier day to night look right but for me it's always a day to day look you know cuz i'm always on call or doing something you know for work and so when I look at your um, the pieces in the collection, uh, different collections, I notice that there's one thing that is kind of um, it stays, and what that is is it, it's the versatility of how many ways you can really style the shoes. But then also, if you're wearing like a dress, or you're wearing something that's very flat or just a neutral color, they're the statement piece. They're the centerpiece. You know, they can easily become that, and it's so nice to see that for women that are maybe in this same demographic I feel like I fall into, which is where you're so busy all the time, but you don't want to compromise, right? Nobody wants to wear grandma boots. You know, nobody, (laughs) I call them grandma boots. No, I call them comorbids. Honestly, this is what everyone cracks up at. 
Because because I'm a doctor and I'm like, well, you look like you're wearing core morbid shoes there, man. Because like you have, you know, you know, the special booths for people have diabetes and stuff. So I make fun of my friend. Call, I mean, I mean, I make fun of my colleagues and, you know, so you don't want to look like that. You want to look nice. And so I, I think that your line for me as a consumer, that's where I love it, is that it's very high quality and it's very, very, you know, great for the professional woman, for somebody who is really looking for that next really great pair of shoes that you can rely on, but you can really rely on, like you can wear them out to like a nice nightclub or to a nice party or, you know, wherever. So I think that that, what you've created, that's unique. You know, that's rare to find. And there are a lot of, you know, fashion brands out there that are, like I said, doing the whole Oh my gosh, shock appeal. You know, you know how for a long time that was the thing on the runway was the shock appeal thing where how much can we shock the person looking at our design? <laughs> I never fell into that. You know, I'm that consumer that never liked that. I like things that are really easy on the eyes. And I definitely think that Moondell is just, it's a beautiful, beautiful, um, you know, set of collections. So um, I just wanted to say that, you know, especially as people are looking at your website. Thank you so yeah. much Thank for that so much. lovely feedback. I, um, yeah, the, the, you know, the shocking look is you were mentioning it's, it does shock you at the moment I, on the runway. Yeah, but, but it might work for the runway, but yeah. not so much for every day, no. <laughs> yeah. everyday life. I think, I think it's important to mention that in, with Mundell, we, um, we try not to necessarily follow trends and trends. specific yeah. trends. And what I mean by that is that, you know, if there's a color that is really popular this year, and I know, for example, we see this a lot in Milan, that if a color is popular, when you're everywhere. even with clothing, it's everywhere and you won't find other colors. Right. So maybe <laughs> if you want something green and yellow is the color of the season, you've got to go with so yellow. So you better like that color, otherwise. You better learn how to wear yellow. Yeah. <laughs> otherwise it can be, a, you know, a bit tricky, but um, it's, it, for example, if a color is popular and we and we know that that's going to be the next big thing next season we don't necessarily adhere to that unless it makes sense with our collection, collection with our you know with our brand identity and all of that and the same goes for the styles because we do want to make sure that it they can you know withstand the test of time that it's not um for example i, I think it was last season right that lime green was really 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 big here um, I'm talking in clothing now. So, it, you know, that doesn't mean we're going to start necessarily making the lime green shoes for the, for the next season, if it doesn't make sense, you know, to us, or if we feel that then people won't get as much of a use um, out of it. So. Right, right. No, I like that, though, because, you know, one thing I will say, you know, is that I think in America, one of the things I've noticed, um, you know, as I've gone abroad for many years and come back is this always strikes me, you know, when I come back is this idea that everyone here wants to feel like they are international. You know, Americans long for a feeling of having an international experience. And it's that's I mean, that with the most in the most loving way I can, because that's curiosity. That's a desire to see more of the world. So my question for you guys is um, to really talk about this duality of just, you know, what we feel as Americans and also what I've noticed in your line, which as you mentioned, you know, you have this dual um, background of, you know, uh, Europe and 
North America and um, to be a U.S. brand, but then made in Italy? Like, how has that been for you, you know, in terms of uh, not only manufacturing your products and getting the word out there, but also appealing to consumers on both sides, you know, of the water? Sure. So um, as of right now, because we are, you know, fairly, fairly new, we do sell in, only in the United States. Yeah. Um, although, you know, we really do we hope, hope to expand to, to Europe expand <laughs> to, and Europe and hopefully other and continents other continent, as well. Yeah. But um, to answer your question, I think it's really important to listen, to listen to the consumer feedback, to understand that the U.S. market is very unique in itself. Um, and it doesn't, it may not have the same needs and demands as the European market. For sure, it's quite different not just with shoes or fashion, but in general, with a lot of things, even with food, for example, right, um, compared to the Italian market. So, for instance, um, if you just think about how big the United States is, right, and just how, how, how large of a country and how the, geog um, how the temperature changes, depending on where you are in the U.S., a lot. So, for example, definitely warmer in the West Coast. Yeah, so someone may be... <laughs> California will have very different shoe needs than someone who is, I don't know, based in, in New York or the Midwest yeah. or something. So we, we try really to take um, those things into consideration and offer enough of a variety that, you know, someone can, uh, that consumers can choose the best fit to meet their needs, right, in terms of styles and, and color options and all of that. Right, right. No, that makes sense. And what about, you know, what about the um the idea of what the differences are between like, you know, I know that, you know, having traveled Europe all all this year, you know, we've I've I've definitely seen it, you know, in my travels is that there is a I don't know, there's just a style in every single tiny country in Europe. It's just, it's there, you know, you see it in the people. And in America, it's not like that. Everyone's got their own style. But it's really to the point that you were making earlier about how if there, someone's wearing a specific color or one specific color is in, that's the color that's in. So there are differences that I've noticed even as an American consumer when I've visited Europe about how people consume fashion. So what has that been like for you, um, it, you know, being a U.S. brand and selling in the U.S.? Because, you know, um, what if, you know, what if you have consumers in certain geographical areas that are not really, um, you know, they're not with that style or they're not as responsive as other regions like how do you deal with that as a business that's my big question because mm -hmm. fashion is so I mean it can be so universal but it can also be so hard to I think I would imagine marketing it and stuff yeah um well of course you know it's not going to be we we try to be as inclusive as possible um yeah when our choices in terms of designs, colors, and whatnot. However, we know that it's also impossible to be one size fits all when you are offering uh, a luxury product, just right. because, um, you know, as we talked about before, it's not made on a huge scale, right? It's not yeah. sure. And I don't global. think that necessarily will ever, ever, ever cover any, at all aspects, but it's more, I think it's the important thing for us and what we always want is to be very honest and open with our consumers. Um, for example, we, we got a, a question from a, a customer saying like, can I wear the, these boots in the snow? No, <laughs> you know, because they, 
they're, they're not snow boots and they won't they're not made for that type of circumstance so and i think that's not to say that we won't make snow maybe boots, we will make you snow know, boots in one some day. of the further collections but we're very you know clear um, i think we about that. for now yeah. we're just very honest about you know and we try to give um indications on sort of how to take care of the boots how to uh, clean them because even the cleaning process can can be tricky with certain materials um we to care for them as well yeah like, yeah so I think the best we can do for now is just sort of um being very honest about how they should or can be worn let's say um and obviously we don't recommend them first for example on a day that's very rainy <laughs> I would not you know wear the the leather boots and that's true of, I think any any leather product any so, leather yeah yeah that's true yeah I think you're, you're, when you mentioned, you know, going to Europe and picking up, you, you said something that is just, oh my gosh, like it resonates so much with me, how every European country has its own little style. Um, yeah, yeah. Like how in the, so that's like a very specific market. I mean, if I think, for example, of all the implicit fashion rules that there are in Italy, and of course, if you go, I don't know, to Germany, they, they don't have those kinds of um, let's say they have different, uh, they have different approach to fashion, criteria. a completely different, yeah, yeah approach. To Very fashion. different. Yeah, no, I know that that is, it's there. Yeah, I definitely. But like, in the, it. it's, it's such a, you know, I think it's interesting because it's such, um, a, a, like a diverse country also, also, as we said before, geographically weather, but also like in terms of people. And I think it's, it's really great that everyone has their own unique sense of style. And I think that that's very interesting for us to, to work with that. Um, I, I also think that the US consumer is a very savvy consumer because um, especially very well informed, very well informed yeah. yes. And you know a lot, of, a lot of US consumers have traveled not just to Europe, but to other places as well. Um, and they really appreciate the fine craftsmanship um, and also the quality that comes with made in Italy. So, you know, we're very appreciative of that. And we really try to, to as Tabitha said, be very authentic and live uh, to that standard and bring that. We want to bring that to the United States and, you know, add a little bit of Milan flair to it since. Yeah, no, I love that. I love the way you said that too, because honestly, that's really what it's about is bringing European, like, you know, that style, bring it to a country that's already such a melting pot, right? I mean, we are truly a melting pot here in America. And I think one of my favorite things about the American consumer is that, like I had mentioned before, we are very curious. Yeah, we want to know what people in Copenhagen are wearing, right? I mean, I always used to say this for me when it comes to like my graphic design, I always say this, and the, it, people might think I'm stupid for it, whatever, I don't care. I always say I like the style, the fashion style of Copenhagen. Like, if you look at high fashion in Denmark, you'll notice that everything is very muted the colors, yeah. the, the, the lines, the silhouettes. It's a beautiful look, and it's so so like just it reminds me of just professional professionalism to the most umpteenth degree you know and I love that style and I say that you know and I think that a lot of American consumers they want to be able to understand European fashion to the point where they can use it in their daily conversations you know because it becomes a preference for them so that's why I think um I had really brought that up Chandra before because I was like you know thinking I'm like you know if you like 
if you like Italy, if you like Italian style and fashion, then you know that and you can start seeing it in your choices, even if you are in the US and buying products, you can start seeing that preference come out. And so that's okay to do, you know, and and that's really why I think um, I'm I'm touching this topic, because I feel that with fashion, especially as a category, you know, mostly I'm talking about beauty here or skincare, but with fashion, people are very cautious, you know, because I feel like on a psychological level, the consumer feels it's making a statement more so than something like picking up a beauty product or whatnot. It's a more, it's a more um, forward statement that you're making about who you are, what your personality is like, what you like, you know what I mean? And um, that has to be something that you develop with time and to do that you need to be exposed to different cultures so that's really where I was coming from where it's like you know and really what um adding to what you guys said was you know a little flair of Milan you know I think we need a little flair of every country every culture you know just so we can figure out where we you know where we fit and and that's so important you know because right now people let's not be let's be honest how many people really know where they fit where they belong you know that's why we have things like you know expression uh, through art and through fashion through design and all these things so i think it's it's a beautiful thing uh, you know when you can really find even if it is a, you know uh something like footwear or something like a scarf that makes you feel like you're more beautiful that day or you feel more like yourself that's worth it, you know? So I, I really love, um, I just, I just love the whole idea, the philosophy of it all. Absolutely. It helps you really, you know, embrace the day with confidence. And I think one thing that is worth uh, mentioning when we, so we are an e-commerce brand, an e-commerce startup, and our whole idea was, wouldn't it be awesome if we could bring Milan to people's doorstep? You know, whether you've had an opportunity to, to you know, visit it or not, it or not <laughs> yeah. whether you like Milan fashion or not, but you, because that's very subjective, but we would love to at least give people the opportunity to be able to bring Milan to their doorsteps Absolutely. with a click. And that was kind of the idea. Um, and one thing that I think is worth mentioning about Italian fashion is that what really makes the, let's say, like, as, as you said, every country has their their thing. Um, but I think with, in Italy, there's a huge attention, like it's the attention to detail, right? So everything is very, everything precise. Is very precise. So you might have, I don't know, a totally simple black dress, but then it's about putting the scarf maybe, or a shawl or something that matches the shoe color that you're wearing maybe the lace of the or just the <laughs> lace of, or even just like a, a little, um, belt that matches yeah. the color of, the shoe and every and all of a sudden that simple black dress comes to life and and it has a different it just exudes a different energy I completely agree with you it's sort of these little like even little details that um let people express their personality and I have to say one of the most satisfying things for us since we've started Mundell is seeing our customers wear the shoes style the shoes because obviously we know we know our shoes we test samples for weeks before we put them into production to make sure they're comfortable and you can wear them everywhere. But when you see them on other people, that for us is sort of, you know, our happy moment. We love seeing other people wear our shoes. We just, and just, it just, it's the same shoe but it looks, it's it's confidence. You know, you're selling, here's the thing. I always, I always like to like think of it like this. It's like, you know, I'm one of those consumers that will invest in a more luxurious in the sense of more expensive shoe, more thoughtful out shoe than 
the person who won't, you know, because I really believe that qual that there's nothing bigger than quality. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing more important. And I really think that, um, you know, when you can really say this is a product or this is something that really I love this, you know, and you can recommend it to somebody else. To me, that's old school consumerism. That's the heart of shopping. It's the heart of sharing things that you love with people. And it's all, you know, and the reason I'm saying all that is it's all tied in to that consumer experience with more luxury goods. You know, I've people have asked me before, you know, Ecto, what do you think about luxury? And I think, you know, there's definitely a reason for it. There's a reason. For it. And I think that reason is the details, as um, you guys were saying earlier, was this De- this attention to detail and this attention to really like what matters to the consumer they might even not know matters right it's like that's the extra that you're getting when you're ra- really investing in the products that um you use on the daily you know so i i really am a huge fan of the fact that you guys you know have this co- you know you you have collections that are narrow enough to where people can focus and find something they love but they're also such versatile pieces and they're very easy to incorporate into your daily life i really really love the brand so you know huge hats off to you guys and i've had such a wonderful time just chatting with you i think fashion is beautiful one last question that i do want to ask you as this and it's actually something that's very important to me because I'm a tall girl, okay? I <laughs> come from a family of tall people. And we're all, like, size uh, 10 and a half, 11. My mother has a small shoe size. She's, like, a size 7 or 8. We all hate her. So, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, so, you know, being that person in the U.S., when it came to shoes, I had a really hard time finding shoes. Like, it was huge problem but one thing i noticed was europe was different you could find it in europe so i want to get you guys' opinion about that like shoe size like what are some things you've noticed um what were some things you considered when you were crafting your brand you know in terms of like just a larger shoe size for women that are taller Mm -hmm. it's very interesting that's very good question yeah that's that's very interesting that you that you mentioned this because this is a long conversation that we've had over and over again, um, <laughs> because there is, you know, you're, you're not the, the first to, 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 you know, mention the sizing. And I think we have to keep in mind that, um, gender, especially like the newer generations, even in, um, countries like, like Italy, where maybe it was, Harder to find tall. The average height wasn't average. Yeah. (laughs) Now it's definitely different. So the average shoe size is much larger than what, than what it used to be. I don't know, 20, 30 years ago. Um, Hmm. And so when we produce shoes, we actually take into account the average size of the country that we're producing for. Mm -hmm. And we try to then um, which is the U.S. <laughs> yeah, which is in the U.S. Yes. So we basically like then try to offer as we can we can go as high or as low um, as possible, right? And for the production process, meaning um, that I've, the same. So I've heard not just about the I don't want to say complaint, but basically having a hard time finding larger shoes. But I've also heard people the opposite. Have the opposite yeah, yeah, have a hard time finding size 35 for Maybe example a five and a half or a yeah because so few people um nowadays have on on it's not the average size right so um yeah so we try to be mindful and produce m- like more of the average size we go to a 40 
two, yeah. which is about like a 12. A 12. A 12. Yeah. And, you know, in the future, um, to we do hope to expand well. both like on a, on the larger scale and the smaller scale too, because that's something that people, um, you know, often, often will ask us about, um, so yeah. And in terms of finding sizing in Europe, I think it really depends which country. Um, yeah. I think, you know, definitely some of the, um, Northern European countries, because the average height is like the average person is quite tall. Um, you're more likely to find larger sizes than yeah, yeah. Italy, for yeah. example. No, that's uh, very true. That's very, that's actually a really good point. Yeah. I think also uh, of yeah. design try to, you know, for example, it just, this is generally something we don't do, but I know for a long time, these very like long pointy shoes were fashionable and we, you know, try to consider both sort of the shorter person wearing them and the taller yes. person wearing them and how it would look. The so aesthetic, yeah. we do take that into consideration when we, when we design, but definitely I think that there's pros and cons for both. Well, cause obviously um, I'm just yeah. when you're designing the pointy shoe. The point is in addition it's to whatever addition the length whatever of the, the length of the, of foot, the foot, would be. foot would be right. Yeah. So, further elongating. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's about owning it too. I mean, I've seen a lot of women, I think, um, you know, I, cause I've, Here's the thing, and the, and one of this is one of the points I was actually really interested in. Also, was you know I think when you have a a larger shoe like size in general, you time you kind of like gravitate more towards like a more blunted front, you know, like the the front end of the shoe. Like you want it to be more blunted. But I know what you're talking about when that pointy shoe trend came out. There were women of like all shoe sizes wearing it, and I used to think to myself, I'm like, why are you forcing a look? for yourself that's not it doesn't make sense you know what I mean it for me it just didn't look right but at the same time it's like owning your power you know what I mean I guess I I guess you could call it that but it's like whatever you like but at the same time I feel like there was so much pressure you know what I mean it was like a trend it was this thing it was you know whatever but I I definitely noticed it too when everyone was doing that was this idea of like let's just throw it out the window like what we should think about when we have a specific shoe size in terms of like, what do we need? You know, what do our shoes, like what should they be structured as? You know what I mean? To, to like fit the look that we want. Um, it was more about how can I look like everybody else? So I, I remember, <laughs> I remember that trend. I do. <laughs> I think you're, you know, you hit the nail on the head when you said it is about owning it and being confident because for example, like we, I can say I've seen very tall women wear very high heels and they, and, and other very tall women that don't want heels at all. And it's so mm -hmm. personal. Like I've seen, you know, I've seen shorter women wear very tall heels and maybe sometimes struggle walking, or maybe they really know how to walk. It's just so personal and subjective. And I think that's why we try to offer a variety, even in terms of like, not only heel heights, but heel types, like thicker, a little bit thinner. It's, it's, it's what you said before. It's just about sort of what you're comfortable with, what works for you, what you like, what looks good, what completes your outfit. Also, I want to definitely, there's kind of, I guess, this notion out there that if you're younger, you go for taller heels. And if you're, you know, over a certain age, you, you don't. Lower so heels. we, I mean, there's so many women here um, that are like in their eighties yes. that we've seen. And like maybe they just they're going up. to buy bread. Yeah, so to they're buy not bread or buy coffee. It. 
um, just have their little espresso and they are dressed they to the it. nines and they have all <laughs> meals and they own it. Like they're in their eighties and they're just, they look like they're ready for fifth Avenue. I mean, I, know. I love that. And they're wearing their heels. I'm always so, so impressed by that. <laughs> so, yeah. So I always think like, okay, it's just such an individual choice. I, and, and, you know, I've ha- had conversations with one or two of these women and they're like, oh no, I can't wear flats. You know, the time I wore flats, I actually, you know, tripped yeah, tripped. or something. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, so wow. Personal, yeah. So I, I just, I want to put that out there because I think sometimes I think that's a good this, point. Yeah. yeah. There's this notion that, you know, heels are only for, for people that are under. And I'm like, no, no, no. I've seen, you know, 80 year old women like you can really it, you rock can it. it in heels <laughs> yeah. and, and yeah. And they're just, yeah, it's wonderful. No, no, no. I think that's beautiful. I love that you mentioned that. I love that you said that because honestly, not gonna lie I really wish like you know growing up there was there was a lot of need for someone to say that because it was like in America you know people are I think kids are mean everywhere right in high school and stuff but like people were very like just I don't know they were weird about that like women who were tall and used to blow my mind because it was like you know the runway models you guys you know look at are like six foot one you know what I mean and they're wearing six inch heels like it's okay and and I really think it comes down to again you know culture it's about being exposed to different cultures and showing like I really you know it's like this like if you show a human being that it's okay to be a certain way they're gonna feel better you know what I mean it's like that that kind of that restriction comes off of them and it's like okay I can do this. This is okay, you know, to do. I feel like that. And I really feel like that with fashion because I think there's a lot of things that we all secretly want to do. Like, I know I had girlfriends in 2004 that were tall. They wanted to wear the, you know, the tall heels and they just didn't. And I used to always be like, why don't you just wear it? You know, you look fabulous. You look great in it. And they're like, no, I'm just too tall. The guys are not going to like me. And it was like this weird, you know, it's like this shift of culture is what I'm saying. It's like, you know, you're starting to see it now. And I love that. And I love that, you know brands like you guys are just really leading the way and you're you're out there and you're saying to just embrace yourself and love yourself and I really love that about fashion that's why I wanted to start this series so I just want to say thank you so much uh Chandra and Tabitha you guys are just the ideal first guest to launch the series and I I couldn't be more honored that you um you came onto the show so thank you Thank, Thank you, you so, so much. much for having us. It was, I, such a it was such a pleasure and it was a lovely conversation. And, you know, I, I hope it's the first of many, many, many yeah, fashion. Yeah, um, likewise, likewise, I would love to have you back both back on any time at all and for everyone li- listening like I had mentioned earlier the website where you can buy all of the gorgeous shoes which I love all of them by the way the boots are just stunning like everything is stunning so to check them out go to moon dell so moon m-o-o-n d-e-l-l-e so double l's e.com and check out the whole website there's uh two different lines i believe right the capri collection and the venice collection uh two collections and so i i think that you know some there's something for everybody here for sure and i'm excited you know to be launching the series and hopefully there will be many more episodes to come and i hope you guys love it so definitely leave your comments feedback emails etc and i will be back next time thank you so much guys it was such a pleasure thank Thank you. you